How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Daily News Update for Thursday, July the 15th. Almost forgot the day there. Hey folks, I hope you're having a great day. Let's talk about some video games, shall we? The first thing I should jump into is The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. This is a remaster of Skyward Sword that is coming out on July 16th, this Friday. Now, Skyward Sword has a bit of an interesting history. When the game first came out in 2011 on the Nintendo Wii, critics were pretty high on the game, but over time it ended up being that, you know, retrospective opinions were quite low. And so what a lot of reviewers are addressing are, you know, how does it improve on its 2011 release, and where is it still failing? Something that is almost universally agreed upon is that they have absolutely fixed the motion controls. So like I said, this game first came out on the Wii, which means you had to basically play the entire game with motion controls. If you wanted to swing the sword, you had to pretend to swing a sword. And that is now optional. You can do that with the Joy-Cons, or you can just play the game with your controls. You know, buttons and thumbsticks. Most people were very happy with this change. The critic from Destructoid even said that he played the game with both, depending on the situation which I think is pretty cool. People are also still incredibly high on the dungeon design of the game. This was actually one of the few positives to come out of the game from the original release, which is that the dungeons are really, really cool and really well designed. So that has stuck around. And you know, if you look at the overall scoring of the game, it is pretty high. People are happy with this remaster. A lot of people happy with some quality of life updates, like, you know, the companion that follows you around the entire game doesn't bug you as much. You can skip through dialogue. You aren't bombarded with item descriptions. But then there's also some stuff that hasn't been improved upon. Here's what Game Informer says, quote, All of Skyward Swords HD's small changes add up, but they don't fix the original's larger design issues. Skyward Swords overworld is massive, but largely empty, and the main quest is incredibly linear, which left me less excited to explore off the beaten path. Still, Skyward Sword's biggest design flaw is its series of fetch quests you're forced to complete in each area. End quote. And then he goes on to say, well, it all becomes worth it because of the dungeons, which are so good. So, anyway, the game has traditionally been divisive, and your enjoyment of the game is really going to depend on what you like in your game. So be sure to read some reviews, watch some gameplay, and maybe you'll want to pick it up for yourself. Details are now available for NBA 2K22 with an announced release date of September 10th. It's going to be $60 on last gen, $70 on current gen, and $80 if you want both of those gens. So that's three different versions of the games. Then there's going to be the WNBA 25th Anniversary Special Edition, which has a female cover star. First time in the series' history. Not available outside of North America, unfortunately. And there's also the NBA 75th Anniversary Edition, and all of these editions are going to have different cover art. It's quite, uh, quite wild. Anyway, I think those are the most important details for a general audience. If you're super into NBA, then feel free to look more in depth in terms of what those different editions will be. And I think we're going to get more actual details about the game upcoming. Mechanics, roster, etc. Okay, this is probably a story I should have talked about yesterday, but Google Stadia has announced during a keynote a new revenue-sharing model. So the way this is going to work is that for Stadia Pro subscriptions, which basically just gives subscribers access to a library of games for a monthly fee, any developers that are a part of that program are going to be given additional revenue based on how many days a player spends on their game. 
And they're dividing it into what they call session days. So if one user plays Hitman 2 once a day, then that counts as one. And if they play it twice a day, that also counts as one per day. The more session days that you have for your game, the more money that you're going to get. And they announce some other stuff too, but the core of it is that they're trying to get developers to include their game as part of the Stadia Pro subscription, make it a little bit more attractive. But it also has this interesting, I guess, effect on people who actually play games, because this is going to encourage games that are meant as live service, right? Somebody is going to play something like Fortnite or Destiny 2 on way more individual days than a single-player narrative-driven experience, which you could theoretically finish in one day or two days. Now, Stadia is a pretty minor player at this point, so they're not going to be influencing the, the industry in a major way. But you could see that if someone like Microsoft were to do something like this, it would become like a Spotify situation, where the songs that people made were literally formed around the Spotify algorithms. The more that your song is listened to, the more money that you make. You don't know how that would translate in the video game industry, but I think, for the most part, it's not good. And hopefully this doesn't become an indication of a larger change. Anyway, just food for thought. That's all the time I have today. Folks, I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll be back with the news tomorrow as always, and until next time, happy gaming everyone.